Hi, welcome to the Authentic Self Within. My name is Patrick James. How are you doing today? Before you answer that, let me tell you how I'm doing. Don't you love it when people do that? Well, since this is a podcast and I can't actually hear you, I feel like it's kind of justified. I mean, feel free to tell me all about your day and how you're doing. I just am not going to hear any of it. But that still doesn't mean that I don't care. I am actually doing pretty well, but I feel very overwhelmed, like I have a dozen plates spinning on those sticks that you see people do, which I I don't know how they do that, like even literally. But watching it really stresses me out. I just, I'm waiting for like one or all of those plates to just come crashing down to the ground. And then I'm thinking about, man, who's got to clean all that stuff up? Because it's not going to be this guy. He's on to the next show. But I digress. I have to say that I'm actually pretty grateful that Although I recognize I have a lot going on in my life and some of it could be categorized as bad or difficult, undesired, if you will. And yet I can recognize that some of these things are things that I've chosen to take on and some of them are things that are just happening and that there's not necessarily anything going wrong. I just have some feels about it and that's okay. I think a former me would have been pretty paralyzed by all of this and would have just gotten stuck wondering, what does it all mean? And now I'm at a point in my life where I can recognize that life essentially is meaningless. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not being an Eeyore. Doesn't matter anyway. Might as well just lay here and die. Although there was a time that I was very much that character in my mind. Apathy was my go-to. But no, that's not what I'm talking about now. What I'm talking about is that the meaning of life is relative. There's a fairly popular book that speaks to this very thing. It's called A Course in Miracles. It was written in 1976 by Helen Shuckman in collaboration with one Bill Thetford. At least that's what it says here on uh, Wikipedia. Now, it became fairly well known in its own right, but... In 1992, Marianne Williamson discussed the book on The Oprah Winfrey Show, which, as you can imagine, greatly increased its popularity. And just like watching Tom Cruise jump up and down on a couch, millions of people were left asking, what is this about? So it says here that Helen Shuckman claims to have had the book dictated to her word for word by none other than one Mr. Jesus Christ. Now, this is one of those things that I may find myself a little skeptical of because it's really hard to prove. And on the other hand, it's really hard to disprove. So really, we're only left with belief because ultimately, that's all that matters, what we believe. And Helen believed it so strongly that she created a book that has inspired millions of people all across the world. And I have to admit, a lot of what I read really resonated. Of course, much like my New Year's resolutions, I was determined to read this every day, only to have fallen off just two weeks later. But from what I did read, it seemed to essentially be setting up the very thing that I've been discussing, which is that experience is neutral. It is only because of our perceptions that we give anything meaning. Maybe someday I'll finish A Course in Miracles, but even if all I ever got out of it was that one simple message, it would be enough. Because within that idea, there is endless possibility. It's only a matter of what we believe. You see, life is just happening. All around us, whether we like it or not, we are the ones that give it meaning. 
We are the ones that can look at a tree and say, oh, I like that tree. Because who doesn't love trees? I mean, they make air and shade and fruit, some of them. Some of them make nuts and um, birds. Do they make birds? No. No, they're habitats for birds. Okay. But the shade and the fruit and all that, thats they make that. They're also beautiful, and some of them change colors, and some of them don't. And there have been times that I've spent hours just watching trees sway in the warm breeze. What I'm trying to say is that trees are amazing. Why would somebody not like trees? What kind of monster are you? But, you know, even monsters deserve love, I guess. That's, that's true. What was I talking about? Oh, the meaning of life. Okay. There is none. Um, really, it's all about perception. What's good, what's bad, what's desirable and undesirable. It all has to do with our own experiences and the conclusions that we've come to based on those experiences. The thing is that our experiences are limited and a little bit biased. I mean, if we're trying to determine a current situation by something we've experienced from our past, we could be looking at old information that's not even relevant. Plus, who's to say what could really come from this current experience? We can't possibly be aware of all the things that are in motion that has brought a particular scenario into being. There's an old Chinese proverb, stop me if you've heard this one, about a farmer that has this horse that helps him plow the fields. And one day, the horse breaks through the fence and runs away. And his neighbors come by and they're like, oh, what bad luck is this? How are you going to plant your crops if you don't have this horse to help you plow? And the farmer says, bad luck, good luck, who really knows? Well, a few days later, the horse comes back, but he's not alone. He's got two other horses with him. And the farmer realizes, oh, I can train these two horses and be even more productive. And then the neighbors come by and they're like, oh, what luck, you have more horses. And he's like, yeah, good luck, bad luck, who really knows? So the farmer goes on to give one of the horses to his son, and while riding the horse, the son is thrown off and breaks his leg. Well, you know, those nosy-ass neighbors are going to come by and say, oh, what a shame. Your son won't be able to help you during this planting season that's coming up. What bad luck. And the farmer simply replies, bad luck, good luck, who really knows? A few days later, the emperor's army shows up and starts looking for recruits. So they just roll through town, scooping up all the eldest sons from every family. But once they come to the farmer's son and see that his leg has been broken and he's not fit for duty, they just continue on. And of course, those fucking neighbors and their nosy little noses had to come by and say, Oh, what luck. He didn't go off to war. And then the farmer went up to one of the neighbors, smacked him right across the face and said, Keep my son's name out your fucking mouth. Wait, no, that was somebody else. Okay, so that wasn't really part of the story, but you know, I just, I really hate it when people are up in my shit. But the purpose of this story is to highlight that we never really know when things occur what the end result could be. So to instantly categorize it as good or bad might be a little hasty. I know for myself, my ego mind just loves to jump to conclusions. Oh, it's raining outside. Rain is the worst. Yeah, except all last week we had wildfires and a little rain could go a long way in reducing any further damage and loss of habitats, not to mention people habitats like your house and stuff. So I'd pretty much call rain a good thing. <laughs> but I have to wear a jacket and little rubber booties. 
It can just be so easy to look at something and declare it as being bad simply because it's an inconvenience or maybe just uncomfortable. You know like that scene in the rom-com where two people come running together in the pouring down rain and finally express their love for each other? They're not worried about getting soaking wet because their attention is on each other and on love and they're getting paid because it's a movie and that shit doesn't happen in real life. But I think the point still stands is that our experience is heavily reliant on where our attention is. If we're focused on a problem and identifying with that problem, then it only amplifies our suffering. And I know for myself that when I'm unhappy with a certain situation happening in my life, it's often because I'm not being present with it. I'm either worried about how it's going to turn out in the future, or I'm drawing on some past experience that's hurt me before, and I'm automatically assuming that this is going to be exactly the same. For example, let's bring it back to my current feeling of overwhelm. Now, to give a little context, I've done construction work, home remodel for well over a decade. I've also had lots of other jobs over the years, and there have been many occasions where I've taken on side work in addition to my regular job doing mostly tile work. I've done a lot of kitchen and bathroom remodels that often require tile. It's something that I've done a lot of, and I'm pretty good at it, and it's fairly lucrative. So having this skill in my mind obligates me to utilize it in order to make some extra cash here and there, even though it adds a lot of extra pressure and a lot of extra work to my life. And at the same time, it's allowed me to do things I may not have been able to do otherwise, like replace all the flooring in my house or buy tools that I needed. The current truck that I own, I was able to pay for with cash because of a side job. So I'm certainly no stranger to the side hustle. However, over the years, I've grown weary of doing tile work. It's frustrating at times. Sometimes clients can be fussy and difficult to work with. And it's a lot of hard work. And I'm no spring chicken. I'm not even a fall chicken. I'm just like an old ass chicken with a bad back and fucked up knees. And I just don't want to do it anymore. And there have been many occasions in my tiling career. Most of the time, I'm in a bathroom by myself, tiling a shower or a floor or whatever. And I'll get to this point where I'm just so over it. I start realizing that I feel really disconnected and really unfulfilled to the point that it brings me to tears. It's actually kind of become a little bit of a joke between me and my wife about me crying in bathrooms all over town. And although it may sound really pathetic and sad, it's actually something that has brought awareness to a complete lack of fulfillment in my soul. And yet it's these skills that I've accumulated over time, it's what I know to do, and it makes decent money. So like I imagine a lot of people may feel stuck in doing whatever it is that they're doing because what else are you going to do? So for a long time, I would acknowledge this pain, this longing of my soul to want more, but just figured, well, this is what you have to work with. So you got to just, you know, pull up your bootstraps and all that kind of shit and just do it. And I have felt that way for a lot of my life. 
it's not always been related to construction work. In fact, a couple of years ago, I quit a job that I'd been at for five years and it wasn't construction related. It was something completely different that I had never even knew existed. In short, I was the quality manager for a company that made vacuum chambers and other components for people like CERN and NASA and universities and particle accelerators and like all this kind of stuff. And it was interesting and there was some cool science involved. I learned something I had never known before, but it wasn't what I was meant to do. It wasn't fulfilling to my soul. And at a certain point, I recognized that I was miserable. I was very unhappy and I kept waiting for something to change for me to be happier until I finally realized that life wasn't going to rescue me. I had to rescue myself. And I knew that the only way to do that was to really focus on my healing journey and really alter my perspective on myself and life in general. And also I had to get the fuck out of that job because it just wasn't the right environment for me and it wasn't supporting what I wanted for myself. So I decided to leave and of course I knew that I had tile work to fall back on, which I did and that carried me through for another year and a half or so. And during this time, I'm doing the work, I'm healing trauma, I'm bringing awareness into my life, I'm focused on being a better, more authentic version of myself. So when I'm tiling these bathrooms, I'm listening to podcasts and I'm utilizing the tasks that are in front of me to practice being more present and bringing more awareness into my life. I mean, I really draw from the karate kid and the wax on wax off kind of thing where it seems really menial, but it's actually teaching me something really valuable. But I'm also my own Mr. Miyagi. And so I'm the one that's holding me to these things. And so I'm doing these jobs, I'm practicing gratitude and presence, and yet I'm still having these moments where my soul is just crying out for something more, something that is more fulfilling and represents what I feel like I'm here to do, which is a funny thing because it's not something that I've ever really had a lot of clarity around. But there's always been this inner knowing that there was something more and it meant being connected to other people, expressing my truth and my own healing journey with the hope that maybe somebody else in my path will resonate with that and be able to utilize something that I've shared in order to help themselves. Now, I've never been clear on what that looks like, but I just knew that I am here to connect with people, yet I didn't feel like I had any opportunities to move in that direction. So I just stuck with what I had and I was diligent. I've proven to myself that I'm hardworking, that I maintain my integrity. I do what I say I'm going to do. I show up on time. I take responsibility for mistakes that I've made. I've basically created a track record that I can look back and be proud of. And there was this one day in particular earlier this year where I'm in another bathroom tiling a shower. It's an especially difficult job and I'm kind of coming to the end of my sanity because once again, I'm being reminded that this is just not conducive to what is true within me. 
I mean, I wasn't even listening to a podcast or anything, and often that would instigate some tears because someone would say something that just like resonated with me so hard and, and it would just make me cry. I mean, I think at this point I was listening just to music. It might have been like a Taylor Swift song or something, and I just like find myself crying, and I'm like, what am I crying about? But I knew, I knew in my soul that there was a longing. And also, I felt myself crying out to the universe to be like, hey, look, I'm showing up here. I'm being diligent. I'm being present. I'm practicing gratitude. I'm recognizing these feelings that I have, but I'm doing my utmost to not identify with them and not be a victim. Like I realized that nobody's going to rescue me, but I'm showing up. I need you to meet me halfway. And this wasn't exactly like a dark night of the soul situation. You know, it wasn't that devastating. But it was definitely this stance that I was taking of like, hey, I'm doing my part. Karma, universe, whatever, something has to reciprocate. Something has to show up for me. And then amazingly enough, a few days later, I get a text about a job, an opportunity that I didn't even see coming, something that I wouldn't have necessarily even pursued. And when it was presented to me, I was a little afraid of it. I wasn't sure what to even do with this, but a part of me knew that I should stay open. And so the opportunity was with juvenile services to work with at-risk youth, kids that get into a little bit of trouble with the law, and they have an option of going to this house instead of going to juvie, and they're still held and it's still detention, but there's an opportunity for teaching and to help redirect them and maybe get them out of this cycle of behavior, to help them gain skills to be better functioning human beings, to give them tools and teach them awareness, things that they probably just haven't had access to. Now, I never really thought that I would be working with kids. In fact, it might have been the last thing that I would have thought to do because, you see, I wasn't really allowed to be much of a kid in my upbringing, so they kind of intimidate me a little bit, especially teenagers, especially teenagers now. And, of course, I went on this roller coaster ride of should I, shouldn't I, pros and cons, this will never work, oh, maybe this is a good opportunity, no, it's never going to work, well, I don't know, maybe it could work, until finally I surrendered to this response from the universe. It took me a second to recognize that what I cried out for was delivered, and it just wasn't in a way that I expected. That's why it's so important for me to stay open to possibility because things may show up in ways that I never would have anticipated if I stay locked into a certain mindset. Well, these are the only skills that I have. This is the only way that I can make money, yada, yada, yada. But there are so many possibilities that I would have no way of predicting because I simply don't have all the information. And this was something that seemingly came out of left field. And after much debate, I decided that I would give it a shot. I mean, what the hell? If it doesn't work out, I can quit and always go back to tile. <sighs> so I took the job, and I'm so grateful that I did. Not only is it allowing me to connect with people in a way that I haven't been able to before, but because of the nature of it, there are times where I'm not needed, and so I have more free time to do podcasts, take care of my life, and do things that I otherwise wouldn't have had time or energy to do. So it's something that I'm incredibly grateful for, and it's taken me a little while to adjust to the schedule and adjust to this little added freedom and just kind of a different way of living my life. 
What's funny, though, is that life has a way of bringing back opportunities to learn the same lesson all over again because it's possible we didn't really get it right the first time. My return lesson was a referral for another tile job. So one of the great things about all this extra time is that I'm on a salary and so I get paid no matter what, which allows for time to do side work and to make extra money which, as I mentioned before, is something that I'm very familiar with. Even when I had full-time jobs, I was still doing side hustles. So this seemed like, oh yeah, I could do this easy. It was a small job, and it seemed like it was going to be pretty straightforward. Although, there was a voice deep inside that was screaming, no, you do not want to do this. Remember how much you hate doing this? Don't do this. Sure, the money's going to be good. and Maybe I can buy a new couch or a new dishwasher. God, because our current dishwasher is the absolute worst. It doesn't really get the dishes that clean. It's incredibly loud, not very energy efficient. It breaks down all the time and is constantly complaining. Okay, it's me. I'm the dishwasher and I'm tired of doing dishes. There's like never ending dishes. So that is highly motivating. Still, I knew that the voice inside me was saying this was not what I wanted to do. Did I listen to that voice? <laughs> of course not. No, because on some level I felt almost obligated to take this on. And it's a self-imposed obligation. Nobody was forcing my hand, but I convinced myself that, ah, oh, this couldn't be that bad. So I agreed to do it. And I have very quickly remembered why I didn't want to and how much I have appreciated the schedule and the freedom that I had with this new job. Because now suddenly all my free time is gone and all my energy and I'm thinking about this job constantly and I'm frustrated because things keep going wrong. It's never as straightforward as you think it's going to be. And I'm a little frustrated with myself for not listening to my inner voice, the part of me that knew better. Yet I've made a commitment and because my integrity will not allow me to do otherwise, I have to see it through. Which also kind of pisses me off. It's such a dichotomy. And I have to be aware that this isn't something that's happening to me. This is something that I chose and am continuing to choose. So the struggle is real. I'm battling with resistance because once again, I'm finding myself in a situation that I am not happy with and recognizing how much I'm limiting myself by saying this is the only kind of side work that I can do to make money in order to buy things that we need when it's already been proven to me that anything is possible, especially when you don't limit yourself to how it can be. So I keep telling myself, well, at least this lesson will be cemented in my mind and I will never take on another tile job again, you know, until the next time. No, no, there will not be a next time. I'm not doing this anymore because I love the way that I felt about my life before this and I want that back. Plus, there are already so many other things happening that I need to give my attention to and now it feels like I'm just trying to squeeze everything in and there's not enough time or enough energy to do it all. And it just doesn't have to be this way. 
Another important thing to note is that part of the resistance I'm feeling is being pissed at myself for putting myself in this situation. And that's something that I need to let go of. I need to give myself grace and realize this is just a blip in time. It will be over. This too shall pass. No matter how it works out, it is temporary. And I will be able to continue the life that I have created to lean back into the feelings of fulfillment and gratitude. And it's also important that while I'm in this experience, I have to remember to find gratitude, to be present, and to be diligent. Because otherwise, I'm just going to suffer all the way through it, waiting once again for something to be better on the other end of it. And the reality is, there is no later there is no before. All I have is right now. And if what I'm experiencing right now is something that I think I don't want and yet I have chosen, I'm only going to suffer through it unless I surrender that victim mindset and recognize that I am a creator of my life. And even when things happen that I haven't necessarily chosen, I still have a responsibility to decide what I'm going to do with this experience. Because everything that's happening simply is. And I'm the one that makes it good or bad. I'm the one that decides what to do with this experience. I can complain and be mad at myself and focus on the negativity, identify with these feelings of victimhood and overwhelm and believe that that is the total truth of my reality. Or I can accept it as being something that is neutral, that simply exists, and be present with it. And in that presence, experience gratitude. Maybe not gratitude for the thing itself, but gratitude for my own capability, my own awareness, my own power, all the personal tools, everything that I have available to me that allows me to move through these situations. There is always something to be grateful for and something to be present with. And it's 100% up to me to choose where I put my focus, not to deny my feelings, but just simply not to identify with them as being who I am or what my reality is. And I can tell you, as I'm saying that, even right now, I can feel that resistance. I know that there are going to be days that I will not take my own advice, where I will fall into that victim mindset and pout about it and throw fits. And that's okay. And I have to give myself grace for those moments and recognize that there's always something to learn. There's always an opportunity for me to choose who I want to be in any situation, to let go of old beliefs, and to really listen to and trust that inner voice that knows what I need. I spent too much of my life denying that voice, and I just don't want to live that way anymore. Because when the pain of denying my own truth is greater than the discomfort of change, that's when the magic happens. When I'm able to let go of the familiar and embrace the mystery, the unknown, the magnificent possibility, that's when I get a little bit closer to who I truly am, to my authentic self. And life will continue to become more miraculous, more synchronistic, more peaceful, and I will have even more to be grateful for. And then I can stop crying in bathrooms. It's really sad. And it's really a bad look when the client comes in and you're just like crying while you're tiling their bathroom. And they're like, wait, what's wrong? What's happening? It doesn't leave a lot of confidence. So in conclusion, I'll leave you with this. When life hands you lemons, you should take them because, hey, free lemons. 
and then take those lemons and make orange juice. Life will be so confused, it won't know what to do with you. My name's Patrick James. Thanks for listening.